Welcome to Abracadabra, a personal and spiritual development podcast designed to inspire, expand, and empower you as you traverse your inner work. I'm your host, Jazz Bori. I'm an astrologer and a coach with a community full of 21st century women who are brave, curious, and obsessed with living in alignment with what their soul came here to be. These episodes are an invitation to your next breakthrough and a catalyst for a deeper conversation with yourself. So join me in exploring the topics that fuel the fearless pursuit of your soul purpose. Hello, my abracadabra angels. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is my birthday. As I'm recording this, it's my birthday. By the time it comes out, it's a week later. But today, I am 29. And last year, I did a birthday episode, and you guys really loved it. It was called What 27 Taught Me. So I thought I would do something similar again and talk to you about what 28 taught me. But I also want to talk to you about what 29 will mean. I am in my last year of my 20s and that has got me feeling some kind of way. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not feeling some kind of way about that, but not in a negative way. It's just making me really sit and think about getting really intentional about the last year of my 20s. My 20s have been wild. (laughs) I don't even know. And maybe that's a conversation for next year. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but my twenties have been a time and the last year has been pretty significant. There's so much that has happened and I feel like I have learned so much over the last year and in a way of like things that I didn't know I had to learn and I woke up this morning feeling very empowered, more empowered than I've really ever felt. And on a birthday, I feel like I start to get really excited on birthdays and I'm always sort of like forward thinking, but there was this real sort of like grounded moment of like, I know who the fuck I am now. And that's really cool. So from that place today, I want to speak to you about the things that I learned and the things that uh, 28, the age of 28 taught me. And I'm going to be doing this, you know, a little astrologically. We're going to be going through 12 different lessons that 28 taught me and kind of moving through them uh, through the areas of my life. So when you look at a natal chart, there's 12 houses, they represent the 12 areas of your life. And um, I figured I would move through all of those houses and think about the lessons that have come up through each of those areas of my life. So I love reflecting like this. I love using astrology to reflect. I talked about that in last week's episode and um, it just seems really fitting. And it just helps me get a really great scope around, you know, what I've learned, where I am and where I want to go. And then, as I said, at the end, I'm going to be telling you guys about what 29 will mean And you guys have probably seen that I've been a little MIA on socials. If you looked at my bio, you would have seen that I have for a little moment there, I had BRB currently evolving. 
I have been playing around with new branding over the last couple of weeks, so probably over the last six weeks or so. I have been mentioning that there is this next mission that's sort of coming online, and I'm going to tell you guys all about it today. We're going to draw the line in the sand, and this is going to be the episode that we will look back at and go, this is when it all changed and Jazz evolved and she took me on a whole new journey. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys about that, give you all the juicy details around what's to come and where we're going and you know whether you want to come with and, and how you are factored into this beautiful ride where you're going to be seated, you know? Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited about it. So stick around till the end for that. So with that said, let's talk about 28. Okay. So what did 28 teach me about my identity? So 28 taught me that my identity was non-existent that I, beyond my work, did not have an identity, that I didn't know what kind of lipstick I liked, that I didn't know what kind of clothes I liked to wear, that somehow along the way I had lost that. And so 28 really taught me that that was important, that the little things around what I like to, you know, what shape I like my nails um, and what kind of makeup I like to wear and how much and how little does that really feel or like what feels authentic to me. I felt like, you know, up until 28, I had tried on so many different hats, different skin suits even, you know, I had, I mean, I've you know, had many different haircuts and hairstyles. And I've definitely played with a lot of trends over my lifetime, particularly through my twenties. But I got to 28 and I was like, I don't really know like how to express myself, how to really show who I authentically am. And it's not that I didn't know who I authentically was, but it's just that I maybe didn't know how to express that. And so there were these little things that I just had no idea what I liked. And if you've been following on the vlogs, you would have seen that this year, I really made a commitment to that. Um, I really made a commitment to, you know, just deciding that I was going to find a hobby. Still doing that. Still haven't done that, but going to do that. Um, I was going to find a hobby and I was going to you know, start to reinvent myself and learn how to express myself in a more true and authentic way. And so 28 really taught me how how important that was. It taught me how, like where I was good with that and where I wasn't. Uh, And it's been a really powerful journey to really step into my authentic truth in a whole new way. Because here's the thing, up until three years ago, two and a half, three years ago, I was not, I was always pretending always. And so through the pursuit of self, I kind of been able to uncover this stuff, but I didn't know how to like embody it and actualize it outside of myself. So things like style, stuff like that. So I would say that, yeah, 28 taught me that my identity is so much more than what I do. And it's in the little things and finding the things that really help you feel not only expressed, but authentic. 
doesn't mean that they don't get to change every now and again because I know that those things can sometimes change and we go through phases. But there are some sort of core truths that we can come back to uh, to really just be authentic in our identity. And that's really what I learned from 28. Next, what did 28 teach me about money? So money... that I am more abundant than I give myself credit for, that I'm still working through some old stuff, that that's not wrong. You know, I think 28 really taught me that money is, is, how do I say this? Money is not my worthiness, but it allows me to see that my worth is reflected through my bank account. And what I mean by that is how I manage my money and my behaviors and my habits around money tell a very deep story, very real story. I have had a very abundant 28th trip around the sun. Not going to lie to you guys. I'm earning the most amount of money that I've ever earned. Uh, We're looking at buying a house. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm in a great financial position, but I have also noticed that the fear that I used to have around money and the unworthiness that I used to have around money still creeps up through my habits and behaviors. And I feel like sometimes that if I literally can't afford to do something that, so like whether that's go on a holiday or like whatever it may be, it doesn't happen very often to be quite honest, but Whenever I get that feeling of like, oh, I can't afford this, I get angry and I've noticed that that's not a great way to respond. So even if like somebody is talking about money and they're, the way that they view money and how they view rich people, if that doesn't align with what I feel, I get angry. I feel like I'm othered and that's just not a great response that doesn't help me. Um, So 28 really taught me that money and your relationship to money is really connected to your responsiveness. And that's something that I'm still working on. And that's where I get to concentrate my energy when it comes to money. The flow is always happening. I'm kind of like, I've learned all that sort of stuff. But during 28, I really realized, I think moving back to like, not back, moving to a small town, you know, we're surrounded by wealth here. Like we live in a really expensive area. Um, there's like, like, I don't think the median house price where I live is like 1.5 million. Like it's crazy. Like how, like we're in a really great area, but for some reason I've been really sensitive to the lack mindset sometimes of like, small town vibes and it's maybe not lack it's more that humbleness and I'm just like not fucking humble like you guys probably know that (laughs) like I'm not a humble person and so when other people being humble about their money it makes me feel like I have to be small but that's bullshit 
that's their responsiveness and I get to respond differently. And that's really what I've learned through money and what money's really taught me uh, during 28. Next up is what did 28 teach me about communication? That I am not as good at communicating as what I thought I was. Full transparency. My communication with friends, with family, with my partner, with myself even has not been in a great place. That just because I'm a Gemini, just because I have a million planets in Gemini, just because I have a Mercury in Gemini doesn't mean shit. I can get complacent just like everybody else. And if I'm not on my shit, I'll get complacent and I will see, well, I think as well because of my chart, I definitely will notice the pain that comes along with that. Because when I look at my chart, it's like, you're here to communicate, babe. So if you're not honing that skill, you're not tending to that skill, you're not utilizing it, you're just letting it sit in the cupboard and collect dust, uh, I feel it. And so I've even decided that, you know, I really need to, on a Sunday, call a friend, call my mom, like actually pick up the phone, actually journal every single day, you know, find ways to check in more often. You know, in my relationship, we do these check-in things. Like we haven't been doing those a lot over the last six months and um, I haven't been bringing them up. So I've, I really realized that Yes, I'm a good speaker. Yes, I'm great at utilizing my voice in my work. But even with like the communication, the communicating of emotions, that's been hard for me. It's been really hard for me. So I know that it's just about not being complacent. And it's taught me that complacency uh, is really the thing that is going to stop me from communicating the best that I possibly can. I just have to pick that up because once I pick it up, I know what to do. I need to stop avoiding it um, or just not paying attention to it, you know. Next is what has 28 taught me about home? Hmm. Oh, I might get emotional with this one. So... A year ago, I moved to the Central Coast. This is my home now. And you can't just set a house up somewhere and that's your home. It's not how it works. Up until this point in my life, I'd always been in a place that really felt like home. So literally either my childhood home and then when that didn't feel like home anymore, I moved to the inner west of Sydney. That really felt like home. I went to high school there. So it was kind of like, and I used to say this all the time, it was like the only place that I didn't grow up in, like I wasn't born in, that I know all the back streets, you know, like I know where all the parking is. I know like where every shop is. Like I just know that area really well. Um, and so when I moved out, I moved to 
I can say where I live now. Um, I lived in Erskineville for a while and then I moved back home during the pandemic for a bit. And then Dan and I lived in Camperdown for a while. So that was really my place and I loved it there. Also, if you listen to the episode Getting Queerful with Sandy McIntyre, which if you haven't, you must listen to that episode. We talked about this idea of like queerness and home and feeling safe in community and things like that. And that's the first thing that really comes to mind when I think about what 28 taught me about home. You know, when it was Mardi Gras, there was that's the one thing that I've really struggled with here is that there's not really any sort of queer community. Um, I don't really see a lot of people like me. Like I feel like I don't really relate to a lot of people around me. Um, I just have really struggled to feel at home here and feel like I belong. I mean, I was even walking down the street and I'm surrounded by so much beauty, but I was like, do I really belong here? And it wasn't literally until like two weeks ago where I had a fucking breakdown about it to Dan. And I was like, I just don't know if I belong here and blah, 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 blah. And he actually said to me, he was like, you know, just cause you live here doesn't mean that it's home, but what have you done to initiate that? You know, have you done anything to create community? You know, are you putting yourself out there? And he knew the answer. The answer was no. I think this plays a little bit into my workaholicism as well. It's like, you know, I just love working so much and working from home. Like I could just sit here all day and record podcasts and work and do that. Like, you know, but I am noticing that my stress spikes a lot quicker than it used to. And I think it's because I'm actually craving a deeper sense of home and self outside of what I do. And so I I talked about this last week. It's like, I need a hobby. I need to be going out and seeing where those people are and at least searching for them. And if they're not here, then we can totally, you know, I can have that conversation with myself again, but I haven't done any searching. And so what 28 taught me about home is that home is created, that you can have a longing for a place because I definitely had a longing to to get out of Sydney in the end. But I noticed that once I got here, I didn't initiate that. And I've never really been in a place that I've never been basically before. You know what I mean? So it taught me that you create a home, you make a home and that that gets to be an exciting experience. So I'm really excited to start to create a little bit more community. I actually went to a sound healing the other weekend with my massage therapist, who's like my friend now. Um, Dan and I actually went over to like another one of his friends and their partner's home. We just like have never done something one-on-one with those sorts of people, like with them in particular, like we're just he's been really great too. He's sort of helping me, but I also know that we have to sort of do that. I have to do this on my own. And so I'm going to do pole and I'm going to try salsa classes and I'm going to, I found some cool cafes that I'm going to check out. So, uh, yeah, it's been really great. I'm, but it, I'm not going to lie. It's been really tough and it's because I've been really insulin. I think also, you know, pandemic doesn't really help with that too. Next up is creativity. So what has 28 taught me about creativity and passion? 
And if you guys are playing along, we've done first house all the way through. This is the fifth house. So, hmm. What 28 taught me about my creativity and my passions is that I am not the type of person who can plan creatively. What I mean by that is I cannot sit down and do a month of content. Even when I'm in like a sales period and we're doing like marketing and promotional material, I have fully accepted and 28 taught me that I must accept that that's just not how I work. That I am the type of person who gets their ideas at the 11th hour, their best ideas at the 11th hour. (laughs) And I think there is some sort of toxic behavior that's sort of wrapped up in that for sure. Um, that I'm, you know, always sort of working through. And again, I think it comes back to this idea of it's not so much perfectionism. It's more, uh, like I work well under pressure and I think it's also like a worthiness thing a little bit. But what I will say is that how I've been managing that is like, I just find that when I'm in the continuum, when I'm in, when I'm in it, when the idea is being birthed and I'm sharing it, that's when all my really great ideas come through. Like when I'm talking about it and all those types of things. And so like, for example, we are launching a new product and also a sale. We were going to do it tomorrow, but I've just pushed it a day, which I'll actually, by the time this comes out, you will know what it is. So I'll talk about that um, at the end as well. But I did the branding for that today because I have to really drop in and it's not until I'm in the creative process that I really start to get creative and start thinking outside the box and start to really feel my authenticity come online. And so instead of beating myself up and being like, well, you need to be more organized. You need to be more this. You need to be more that. I've just stopped making my creative process wrong. And it's funny, like I knew this about myself. I was the type of songwriter where I would write a song once every six months, but when I did, it took 10 minutes and it's done. Like melody, like lyrics, everything all comes out all at once. I'm very sort of like decisive once I'm in it, but I am not the type of person who can plan my creativity. I can't be like, okay, I'm going to sit down for half an hour and do content creation. Like That's just not how it works. So I've been really sort of shuffling my life around to be like, okay, how do I make sure I'm always prepared to create? Um, I wear makeup on days where I know I'm not even seeing clients and I'm not filming because I know that if I want to create or I want to make a video or I want to do this, I need to just do it, not spend an hour getting ready for it and whatever. Like, I've noticed that I just need to allow myself to get in the flow, that meditation is really great for me to have those ideas come forth and come through and to move with it. And I've found that I've been able to be speak more passionately and really stand in alignment with what I'm passionate about if I allow myself to do that. And so if you're the type of person who really struggles to like create a lot of content or you know, sit down and make sure that you're always like creating or whatever. If you're a creative person, you kind of struggle with that or you have a creative element to your work or anything like that. I feel like we can all relate to this. 
Stop making yourself wrong. Stop making your process wrong. Work with it. Stop um, berating it and telling it it's wrong. It's just, I'm not doing that anymore. Next up, we have what 28 taught me about my health. I'm going to make this quick because again, I talked about this on the vlog. It taught me that I don't prioritize my health, that I have an issue with prioritizing my health, with making great, healthy choices. I literally have a problem doing that. It taught me that that's come from my childhood. That's come from the way society views women and women's bodies. Um, I'm incredibly tiny. I'm very, very, very petite. And I think being the quintessential like skinny girl, you're sort of told like, well, you don't need to worry about your health and you don't need to worry about those things. And then also people used to say to me as well, oh, it'll catch up to you one day. That was the other thing as well that people used to say to me all the time. And so then my ambitious little brain that just wants to prove people wrong is like, well, fuck you. I'm going to eat all the chips. So it's like, if I don't, and when I say chips, I'm not, I don't care about my weight. I really don't, to be honest. And maybe that will change in the future. I don't know. But I'm just saying like, I've never really had an, like a fascination with my weight or anything like that. I've never felt deeply connected to being a skinny person that like by eating all of the stuff that is unhealthy for me, I'll still be fine. Like it's this weird prove them wrong thing. And I think it's because a lot of people would say that to me because I'm probably just feeling really fucking like triggered by the fact that I was sitting there eating. And I do know this, like I would be sitting there eating like whatever I want, like hot chips, whatever. And they're like struggling with an eating disorder. Like I went to school with dancers literally every single one of my friends had an eating disorder, like everyone. So to me, it's just, there's this really complicated relationship with my health and it's something I'm working through. But good news is I started taking supplements today. So, you know, I'm pretty proud of myself. Uh, But it's at the point now where, yeah, my like vitals aren't great. So I'm on a whole bunch of supplements and the doctor's orders are to go see a dietitian to have a look at the allergies and all those sorts of things. Um, And actually my doctor should be calling me any moment um, with some more blood results. And it's just something I've decided to really take seriously. I mean, I just want to feel as good as I possibly can before I have kids and get my body in the best health that it can possibly be. And it's become abundantly clear just how important that is and just where I'm at with that. Uh, And I'm not in a good place, but I'm doing the work to figure it out. And I'm doing that with doctors and my hypnotherapist. And I'm really proud of myself for owning up to this and slowly but surely making changes. Next is what 28 taught me about relationships. So (laughs) this one's kind of big. 
And what I will say about this, I mean, there's only so much I can share because there's two people in my relationship and I want to honor Dan's privacy, but I do want to speak my truth on this. So I wouldn't say we've had a tough year, but 28 taught me that relationships really are a two-way street that it takes two to tango and that my relationship is is abundantly important to me sometimes too important i have witnessed a lot of my codependency stuff coming up and i think this is also a little bit in conjunction with the home stuff that i just feel super reliant on dan And that's not fair, you know, that's just, it's really not fair. So 28 taught me that a healthy relationship means that I'm taking care of me, he's taking care of him, and then we can come and take care of each other. And it actually taught me this really great tool. I remember I met a girl at a friend's birthday and she said this, that she uses this in her relationship and she's actually um, studying psychology and I think she's even looking at like um, mastering in like asexuality. So she's done a lot of like relationship stuff too. And she said, you know, we always ask a current partner, always ask each other when they're having an argument, is this a you problem, a me problem or an us problem? And I, when, since she said that, like, I've always just held that really close and I've brought that into our relationship, but I'm not going to lie. I have not been the greatest at upholding that. I feel like I've put a lot of blame on Dan. Um, and for a little bit there, I was not owning up to my shit. Uh, and it wasn't until my, my therapist pointed out to me after I was talking about it, they were like, that sounds like codependency. I was like, oh, I have a thing with codependency, right, you know? So 28 taught me that my relationship is incredibly important to me, but I've done a lot of healing and that I don't need to bring my old shit into my new relationship. And that comes down to intentionality and that comes down to working together as a team and also really prioritizing quality time together. That's something that Dan and I are not great at and we're really working on because we just live and work together. It's just like really easy to get complacent. And um, 28 taught me that that can be really detrimental to a relationship and that I really care about relationships, that I want to consciously relationship and intentionally relationship and build something with somebody and That means that that person has to look after themselves. I have to look after my shit too. And then we get to come together. So I pray that for anybody who is moving through some relationship stuff right now, that that really lands. And I hope that that helps because it really, really helped me when I received that advice of like, is this a you problem, a me problem or an us problem? Because if it's a them problem, you could be like, cool, it's a you problem. Like you let me know when you figured it out. I'm going to give you a couple days and whatever but it allows you to sort of like release the pressure and that can be really helpful. Next, 
What did 28 teach me about shadow? So 28 taught me that I am not afraid of my shadow and that I am actually the most capable and equipped person I know to deal with on how to deal with fear. Truly. I was even talking to my PT about it. She's like, you have so much grit. Cause again, like with this health stuff, I like didn't trust my body. I was like, I don't know. I would like get really anxious about exercising. It was fucking weird. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get a PT. So I feel really like safe and it's like an intimate container and you know, she's actually an old client of mine as well. So it was just a really great fit and I felt really safe there. She actually said to me today after six weeks, she's like, I saw how scared of your body you were and like you didn't trust your body at all. And now I just, there's this deep trust that's come online and this grit. And it's like, whenever you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. She's like, I can see you just sort of like take a deep breath and just do it. And I was like, I do that literally 80 times a day. (laughs) Like that's how I live my life because guys, I was someone who was so afraid of everything. And I say this to my clients all the time. It's like, I don't know if I can sit here and tell you that the fear goes away. I don't know if that's true because I'm still afraid of doing shit. I'm still afraid like literally 90% of the fucking day when I'm creating content, when I'm putting together a new offer, when I'm hiring a person, when I'm recording a podcast, when I'm like, there's a moment, of course, there is a moment every single time, but I've gotten to the point now where that moment is so small and I know exactly what to do. And my response to that fear is, let's go. It's almost like a shut up. No, we're not doing this. It's not, but it's, it's not like a shunning. It's just like a, no, trust me, trust me, trust me. It's that. And so I have really during the age of 28 and all of the stuff that I've sort of moved through and just traversed through with my business and like you know, we've hired new people. Like we've done so much growing. There's so much fear that comes up, but I know how to back myself. And that's how you get fearless is you pursue fear. That's how fearlessness is created is through the pursuit of fear. And that's really what I learned in 28, that I am so capable and so equipped And so the best person I know to deal with fear. And that's why I talk about it so much, guys, because I really feel like I'm a fucking expert because I've I've really had to work at it. But at the same time as well, with the shadow stuff, like it's also really taught me that I've been trained to move through shadow and uncomfortability and, you know, all those uncomfy emotions from a really young age growing up like in the entertainment industry and you're just constantly always being scared of being judged or 
not getting the job or falling over or forgetting the steps or forgetting the words or whatever. Like there's always that sort of doubt in your mind. And in order to do the job, like you have to back yourself. You have to quiet that voice and say, trust me to yourself. Otherwise, you will forget the steps, you'll forget the line, you will fall. That's literally has happened, right? And it happens if you speak to anyone who's a performer, they'll tell you that that's how it is. And so I've been really trained for that. And I think that that's really helped me in my life. And 28 taught me to be really grateful for that shadow and and to yeah, be, be grateful and have the perspective of gratitude and thanks for everything that I've overcome because it's made me the strong person that I am today. It's given me my strength. All right, a couple more. Got four more. What 28 taught me about spirituality. I'm going to really bang out through these last four. So what 28 taught me about spirituality was that prayer feels so good. I am such a prayer these days. I never used to be. I mean, I used to pray when I was a kid, but then like even when I first got into spirituality, I was not a prayer. I would like journal and I would journal to the universe and that was sort of like my prayer. But fuck, I love praying now. Like I literally love just like, I call it whispering to the universe, a universal whisper. Because uh, prayer feels really Christian and really like God. And whilst the word God to me, when I use that, I'm I'm talking about the universe, like this this force. Um, and so I just, I love the act of prayer, the act of visualization and like, that's like a mental prayer, you know, and meditation. It's like a soul prayer. You just sink into your, it's just, I'm loving that quiet, silent, spiritual practice of prayer. And it's been really, really powerful for me. And when I look back at times of my life where I've been in the unknown or I've been in struggle and not known what was going to happen next or how I was going to move forward. I always prayed, but I just didn't pray in the way that I'd been taught prayer. I whispered to the universe, like when I first met Dan, you know, I remember I moved my ex-boyfriend out of the apartment and I was like, I'm single, let's roll. Downloaded the app and I remember saying like, hey, universe, I know that you've told me that he's ready for me. So if it takes him 10 years, then so be it. I'm happy to wait. Let's have fun. Let's roll. Um, Bring him to me when he's ready. If he's ready right now, let's go. And if he's ready in 10 years, let's go. And I matched with Dan that night, which is crazy. But that's really what spirituality has taught me this year is that prayer is so beautiful and it's like totally my new thing and I'm just like loving it and just even like spiritual music, like not like, like, I mean, Hillsong stuff is like, it's so annoying that it's like, they're like fucking bops, but I just don't really connect with the language, but I'm loving, um, I think it's East Forest or Forest East. 
They're really great. Um, I also really love listening to, um, oh my God, like my favorite. Oh my God, I'm just trying to figure out exactly. I don't know why the name is escaping me. Trevor Hall. There we go. I remember that. Trevor Hall, like all that sort of spiritual music. Like I just love it. Um, and it's great. And I, that's what spirituality has really taught me. It taught me how beautiful prayer is. It's just, it's so nourishing for me right now. Highly recommend you try it and think about it as more of like a universal whisper. Like I say, I don't say amen. I say, and so it is, you know, like that's how I close mine down. So yeah, highly recommend if you are on that spiritual journey or you're feeling a little bit stagnant in your spirituality, um, that you can tap into these things and sort of make them your own. Next up is career. So what did 28 teach me about career? Fucking hell, where do I start? (laughs) Where do I start? Okay, so 28 taught me that my career is not a destination. I think I've always known that since I've gotten into this work, but I think that I was playing this role that it was a destination that once I got to this place, then I would be happy. And I realized probably the beginning of this year, well, it started to peak through probably about a year ago, not going to lie, when I was teaching Purpose to Paycheck, that I wasn't as excited about the work that I was doing as I once was, which is what led me to Purpose to Paycheck, right? And which I loved loved oh my god loved 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 love teaching miss teaching that I don't miss doing natal chart readings I don't miss um you know teaching master classes on sun moon and rising like I'm so like there was I loved doing them at the time and that's why I did so many of them but like so many master classes and so many courses and like all that sort of stuff but what I love to do is lead I love to share my wisdom from my experience. I love to teach. I love to educate. I'm realizing now that my career is more, is less in facilitator and less in like practitioner and more in like educator, leader, expander, mentor, coach. That's more my vibe. And so my career taught me that it's okay to have had a dream, to be the facilitator, to lead the circles, to, you know, do the breath work. Like I, there is a part of me that loves to do that. But when I finished up Purpose to Paycheck um, last month, yeah, last month, I'm like missing talking about purpose and business and career. Like I'm just, I, that's like, where my soul is. And so I thought that when I did the astrology thing and I was just like living the astrology life, that that would be, that would make me happy. And this sort of really came out of left field with this whole like purpose stuff and business stuff, um, but also not. So my career taught me that your career is not a destination. It's, it's a journey. It's a, it's a constant state of 
pursuit uh, just like everything else is. What 28 taught me about my purpose is that it's evolving. It's evolving. That again, it's kind of comes back to the last one. It's like that I am here and it's so funny. And I'm going to tell you guys about it in a second. Don't want to get too ahead of myself. But what I will say right now is that what this next mission is, is something I've always had a desire to talk about. It makes so much fucking sense as to what I've been passionate about and what's led me throughout my whole life and what's important for me to start to shift into this new, for lack of a better term, niche, this next mission, this next evolution of my purpose. This It feels like a deepening of my purpose. And so 28 taught me what a deeper purpose looks like and the pursuit of that. And, and it's scaring the shit out of me, which means that I know that I care which means that there's a lot to lose if it doesn't work out and people don't receive it and they don't like it or whatever, but I care. So I got to do it because it's actually more closer. It's more closely linked to my sole purpose than I have been doing. That Everything that I've been doing has been leading up to this and I'm really excited to make the shift. So Hold tight. I'm going to tell you all about it in a second. But last but not least is what did 28 teach me about my subconscious? Oh my God, so much. I started doing my hypnotherapy training, which has been so cool. I'm learning so much. I'm so excited to be able to lead hypnotherapy sessions with my clients, with you guys. Have some plans for how I'm going to really utilize hypnotherapy and where my expertise are going to lie. And it just, 28 just taught me that my subconscious has been the thing that's been holding me back. And I've really started to see where I've overcome it and where it's still holding me back. That the subconscious mind will never make you a liar. And that the subconscious is always being fed right through how I'm moving how I'm acting in my conscious mind and so 28 taught me that the subconscious work is important of course but consciously if I'm not making the changes like I said if I'm not out there doing going to the class the random pottery class to find a friend I don't get to sit there and completely say over and over and over again oh, I have no friends, I have no friends, I have no friends, no one wants to be my friend. Because that's like literally what's happening, right? So my subconscious taught me that I am, I am still healing and still wounded in some ways and that that's ruling my life and that I get to change it. And that's really, really exciting. Okay, so that's what 28 taught me, guys. Before we wrap up, let's talk about what 28, uh, sorry, what 29 will mean. I'm 29 today. So this next mission, are you guys ready? When it comes to my work, now that I'm 29, 
I really feel like this is a time for me to shift and evolve my work. Everything that I have done up until this point has led me to the knowledge and the wisdom that I now have. And as I said about a year ago, I on a whim had this idea of teaching purpose and how to create a online conscious business through your passions, through your purpose and making it a paycheck. And I did this on a whim. I, I, I just put it out there and it was still to this day, the highest selling offer that we have ever put out. And I enjoyed teaching that so much. As I said, I miss it. I miss it. I miss it. I miss it. And to me, it just affirmed what I already knew deep down that I am here and that I believe my next mission is to help spiritual women in their careers and in their businesses and to help them create, thrive, uncover, refine, deepen their embodiment, their pursuit of their soul purpose, to monetize their soul purpose. So whether that's in your nursing job or you want to move up the corporate ladder in your sales job, or you want to start an online business or and become a d- digital CEO or start you know working for yourself and becoming a practitioner becoming an astrologer whatever it may be i want to be your go-to gal for where soul purpose meets career ambition yeah and so What I've realized through witnessing women in my community and also witnessing myself that spiritual women do things differently. And there is a framework and a landscape that I believe I am here to sculpt and contribute to and take to the next level. Because business, and when I say business, I mean, again, whether you are asking for the raise in your corporate job or at the cafe that you work at or whether you are, you know, starting your own business and starting an Instagram and doing social media, like it all is going to be here for you. This is the space for you. If you are somebody who is a, well, I feel like I'm here now to serve the woman who is really wanting to work on her career and have that soul in her career, have that purpose in her career and wants to align her career with her soul purpose. So that's where I am diving into. That's the car that I'm going to be getting into. That is where we are headed. And I'm doing it for spiritual women because spiritual women can't just go to work and just clock in, clock out. I have yet to meet anybody and I actually even polled you guys on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and I think it was like 58% of you, I think it was from memory, 
want your sole purpose to be your career, but it isn't. And actually that would be the dream for you. And so I want to talk to you. And I also want to talk to the conscious CEOs, the spiritual women in business, the the women who are scaling to six figures. I want to help you too and share all my knowledge with you around how I got here. But I also want to help the nurse or the, like I said, the coffee shop owner. I'm just using nurse as like an example, but it's like, I want to help you. If you want to be the CEO of Westpac, I want to help you do that. (laughs) You know, because I have learned so much when it comes to career. I am the most ambitious person that I know. I've been ambitious since I can remember life. There has not been a time in my life where I have not been obsessed with my career and my purpose and my dharma and my vocation. And and I've always been this way, always. You know, I didn't know when I was a kid, you know, I was, I was, you know, wanted to be a performer and that's what I did. I was just obsessed with being a performer. And when I'm older, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a performer. That's all I ever thought about. It's all I had dreamt about. It's what I would fake play, you know, like people play mums and dads. And I was like, let's play going on tour. Like literally, right? Like that's all I wanted to do. And even when I look back, it's like, even we did play like doctors and patients. I was the fucking doctor. I was like, bitch, let me, like, I just always was so in that career mode. And then, you know, getting into corporate sales. I mean, there's so much that I learned there from like a real corporate business perspective around asking for more money and asking for raises and, and getting and doing a job, you know, that feels even in a way that feels more purposeful and, and more soulful. Like there's so much to be said. And then when I looked at my chart, I built my business. I built my career off my chart. Everything that I do in my business, including this move right here, I have a 10th house Leo with Mars and Chiron there. I am, my midheaven is in Leo. I am here to share my story, to expand you, to entertain you, to um, enliven you, invigorate you. I'm here to be an example. I'm here to shine through my career. And so to me, it makes so much sense that this is on my heart, but also that I'm here to help people in their soul purpose, in their dharma, in their vocation, and in their vision. And I thought that I had to choose. To be quite honest, I thought, well, I can't be a spiritual business coach and a career coach. And then I was like, fuck that. Yes, I can. I am now, and my my vision is being the number one coach for soul purpose and how to monetize your soul purpose into a career whether that be a business or working for somebody else or collaborating, creating a podcast. I have done so many different things in my life and it's not because I've done the things I created the podcast. It's the reason I've been able to be successful and why I want you to be successful too is because I've been able to 
not distill it to a formula, but I've been able to really look at the energetics of success. And what I've realized is it comes down to soul purpose and spiritual women, as I said, do things differently. We view our career, our family, our relationships, our friends, we view them through a different lens. And that beautiful soulful lens is what brings not only joy to us, but joy to the world. And so when I talk about soul purpose and monetizing that into a career, into a business, you can expect to come to me as the mystic who can utilize astrology to help you understand your career more deeply. You know, I just want to talk about career and business. It's just like the fucking best thing ever. And for all my ambitious, brave women who are obsessed with living in alignment with themselves, I know a lot of you guys want that not just when you're on your own in your, in your room. You want that in your career, in your families, in everywhere. And I'm here to help it, help you do it with your career. I've done that. And I'm ready to help and serve anybody who is ready to do that in any capacity. I mean, you're talking to the girl who literally <laughs> manifested slash tripped and fell into a job at 22 that earned her almost like multiple six figures. You know, like I, I know how to do this and I know, and I'm not special. Like I'm not special. There's no like secret sauce. Like, like, no, it's just down to getting in alignment, doing your inner work and pursuing your soul purpose, your dharma, your vocation, your highest vibration in what you came here to contribute to society. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about spiritual women in business, conscious business, soul purpose and monetizing it into a career. It's innately soulful. And so I'm loving this because I'm not choosing to just be a business coach. I want to also help everybody in their careers. And that means I get to talk about everything that I love, entrepreneurship, career, ambition, productivity, social media, money, success, and astrology, the inner work, manifestation, you know, women's empowerment, self-exploration, and all the things that are required of us all to make that happen and make that alignment happen. And I've learned so much along the way, you know, like I said, after being a creative in the music industry and the entertainment industry for, I don't know, literally still doing it. You know what I mean? You know, being in that corporate sales environment and now being a digital CEO, a successful digital CEO, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited to share it with you all. So this is just the beginning. You will start to kind of see this all unfold but let's talk about where everything will be landing and what will be changing. So astrology, we love astrology. I'm a fucking astrologer at the end of the day. You just, astrology is my life. I love it. I use it so much in my life, but I use it as a tool. And so that's exactly what I'm going to be utilizing it for through spiritual career and business coaching. Yeah. So if you are wanting that like my spiritual business career, all astrology as it pertains to career, business and dharma and spirituality, obviously, 
That's all going to live on my Instagram, right? Jazzbory at jbhouse.com. If you want the astrology slash personal development stuff, right? The full moon stuff, the astro updates, you know, everything that I've basically been doing on my Instagram up until this point, all the personal development type stuff, the empowerment stuff, that's my friend. I mean, I'm still going to be doing talking about women's empowerment and all those things because that's a whole other part of it that I'm really excited about is like spiritual women in business. Like let's fucking go. Let's fucking get everybody up the front. But I digress. All of that astrology, personal development, soul development, inner work stuff is primarily going to be living on the new Instagram for my membership, the Star Society. We are not letting the Star Society go. I fucking love teaching in the Star Society. And that's where I want to want to kind of divert all of my energy. So if you are someone who is here for the astrology stuff and that's it, and you don't really want to hear about business or career more specifically, go and follow the Star Society Instagram. It's at the dot star society. We're going to be, that's, there's big plans for that. And we're going to be launching that uh, at the end of next month. So make sure you go and um, follow and that way you will be able to get all of that sort of more astrology, personal development, inner work, soulful self-mastery, all of that sort of stuff that's going to live over there. And I'm really excited to fully dedicate that part of my business and that part of my brain to this new sort of brand and membership. And again, you can always put your waitlist, uh, your name on the waitlist for the Star Society membership that is really for the women who are looking to get into the center of their own universe, who want to do the self-love work, who want to start getting connected with spirituality in general. That's where you're going to want to go. So that's going to all start to move over there. YouTube is going to be behind the scenes, vlogs more specifically. I'd love to know what you guys would like from me on YouTube, especially when it comes to career and spirituality and dharma and vocation and service and, you know, uh, digital CEO ship and esoteric entrepreneurship, all those things. Let me know if there's anything that you would like to know or you would like to see from me on YouTube. But at the moment, it's going to be behind the scenes vlogs. That's where that's going to sort of live. Also, you know, all the picker piles that we were doing on YouTube, they're going to go on the Star Society Instagram now. So that's what I mean. It's like if you want full moon stuff, all that sort of stuff, that's where you're going to want to go. We're going to hit TikTok very, very soon. I've kind of dabbled a little bit, um, but definitely stay tuned for that. We'll put some links down in the description so you can follow everything. And then last but not least, this beautiful podcast. So this podcast not much is changing here. This was my ground zero. This was the first thing that catapulted me into starting my business was my podcast. And Abracadabra is such a sacred space. I want this to be the place where I get to do it all. Our guests will be more business career purpose aligned, I will say. And we have an incredible episode coming up, uh, which Again, this will sort of make a little bit more sense because this really came online like 
half an hour or like the day before. Actually, I can't even remember now, but I think it was like the day before I had this interview with this incredible mentor of mine, like Dream Come True podcast guest. All of this came through. And so that episode is going to be really powerful for you to hear because it's when it all landed for me. And I knew I couldn't go back because I had the awareness around what my next mission was. But this podcast, I do want to start to talk more about career and business and spiritual and esoteric entrepreneurship. But I'm not opposed to doing a bit of an astro check-in and every now and again. Um, you know, I am still going to keep it quite mystical here. That's never going away anywhere. I'm still going to be super mystical and I'm still going to be utilizing spirituality in career and business. And that's really what I believe changed the game for me. As soon as I started to get spiritual with my career, success came in abundance and quick. And so not only do I know there are so many spiritual women out there who desire success and deserve success and need to get, well, I think I really feel like they're craving that that framework, that landscape, that new way in which we move through business to really come online and learn how to navigate business as a spiritual being. But also on top of that, I really feel like there's this other element of like using spirituality in business. So the podcast, I'm going to sort of play around with that um, content through here. I'm really excited about it. Like I said, the guests will be a little bit more business aligned, but also I mean, you guys said that on the podcast, you want more just like me giving my thoughts, feelings, and emotions about things that you want check-ins, you want sort of behind the scenes stuff, you want more me. And that's the last thing that I will say about my personal Instagram, Jazz Bori. Like I said, it's going to be that career business, you know, stuff that I've been talking about um, and with this beautiful shift, but it's also going to be me really stepping into my personal brand uh, as well and starting to build that too as that number one coach for spiritual women in business and spiritual women who want to create incredible careers that are soul aligned and want to monetize their soul purpose. That's what we're here to do. That's my next mission. And I'm so excited to bring it forth. So watch as we start to roll all this beautiful stuff out. Um, I will say the first offer that we have on coming online is Purpose to Paycheck 2.0. It was incredible last year. We're doing it again. And um, you can always put your name down on the wait list for that. Waitlist is going to get a special price and they're going to get early bird access as well. So if you are someone who wants to uncover your sole purpose and monetize your sole purpose into a career just monetize your sole purpose in general, whether that's in a conscious business online or whether it's just in general, you want a career that is soul aligned and you want to make money off it. We're going to do the damn thing. We're going to do the damn thing and it's going to be fucking epic. So stay tuned for all of the details on that. And that's it, my babes. Fucking 29. Let's fucking go. I love you. Oh, and lastly, the little offer. Guys, if you've been following me on Instagram, you would know because we, you know, are now shifting everything. All of my old masterclasses that I've taught over the last two years on astrology 
and um, empowerment and inner work and mysticism and all those things. We have now, they used to be free. They're not free anymore. They're all up now for $55. So if you want to grab a masterclass, it's only 55 bucks, but we've put together the JB House Masterclass Suite. You get all 10 masterclasses that I've ever taught. I think there's more than 10. I swear there's like 12, but every masterclass ever normally valued at $444. You, my friend, if you get the whole bundle, you get it for 99. But if you get it today, because today is the last day of my birthday sale, you get an extra $29 off. So so 70 bucks, you get 10 masterclasses that are worth 444, sorry, $440 and then they're yours, lifetime access. So if you want that, today's the last day to go and grab that. If you listen to this on the day it comes out the um, on the Friday, go grab that. But if you're listening to it later, you can still get the whole thing for $99 anyway. You know what I mean? And if you do want that, the link will be down in the description. Love you guys so much. Have an amazing week. Yeah, at me in the DMs. Tell me how this is feeling for you. I'm very excited about it. I want to hear from you. I love you guys. Thank you so, so much. And once again, this is the Abracadabra podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Bori, and I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>